0: A hearty hello and welcome to you. This is the Bar Southeast Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Levins. The Carolina Hurricanes returned home from their Western Conference road swing to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs at PNC Arena, and things did not start out well for Carolina. Tyler Ennis buried his fifth of the season midway through the first period, and Toronto would take a commanding lead in the shots on goal total. Justin Williams, though, would collect a feed from Sebastian Ajo midway through the second and would bury it upstairs on Frederick Anderson, tying the game at one. In short order, though, Morgan Riley centered a puck off of Dougie Hamilton and by-starter Peter Mrazic to make it 2-1 Leafs. Patrick Marlowe would bury a feed from William Nylander 5-49 into the third period to make it 3-1 Toronto, and John Tavares would add the icing on the cake with his 19th goal of the season. Toronto with a commanding victory over Carolina, 4-1. Not the game the Carolina Hurricanes were looking for tonight, and that might be an understatement. This is one for Carolina that, in all facets... Was disappointing. There were a couple of guys who had decent games. Justin Falk was even despite the four goals against. He wasn't out on the ice for any of them. He is becoming the defenseman that everybody expected him to be this season. Outstanding on the blue line for the most part this year. But the goaltending shaky you don't put this one on the goaltending there wasn't a lot of an offensive attack there were defensive breakdowns Dougie Hamilton had a an especially rough night and this is one that in my opinion you're going to take you're going to ball it up in a nice tiny little paper ball and you're going to find the round file with it and go into Thursday at Montreal with a clear mind as best you can we'll talk about what went on exactly in this hockey game. We'll talk about what's going on for the season outlook as a whole. And we'll also talk about what's coming down the pipe for the Carolina Hurricanes. But first, as always here on the Bar Southeast Podcast, we lead off with our trivia question, which tonight is this. Three times in NHL and AHL history has a parent club and its affiliate won the Stanley Cup and the Calder Cup in the same year. Which team's the NHL and AHL club, which two teams were the last two teams to win the Stanley Cup and the Calder Cup? The answer for you coming up in uh, at the end of the program. It's kind of hard to find a starting point to talk about tonight for the Carolina Hurricanes. First of all, to address the injury situation, Calvin DeHaan took a nasty high stick to the chops from William Nylander. And the good news is he did come back and at least get a couple of minutes uh, despite the, the scar in his facial area. Michael Furland, though, goes out after the first period and doesn't return with what was called officially an upper body concern. That's another missed game for Furland, a guy who fans like, who the team likes having out there, and who has really been the catalyst for the offense. You've got to respect the way 79 plays. And when he's not out there, it allows everybody else to kind of play with a little bit of reckless abandon. Because they, then they can go after guys like Sebastian Aho, or Tevo Teravainen, or Justin Williams. And they can really match up and bang bodies with those guys without a whole lot of consequence. And tonight, there was... Clark Bishop playing physically, but that was about it. Dougie Hamilton had one of his worst games as a Hurricane, if not the worst game he's had in the red, white, and black. And for Carolina, the reason this hurts isn't so much because they're expected to win this game. Toronto is a world-class hockey team right now. And if, if they're not in your bracket, if you're projecting the eight teams that go to the playoffs from the Eastern and Western Conference, and I don't know what league you're watching. John Tavares is on a tear right now. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley. These guys are weapons. They are not just hockey players. They are weapons, and they are stacked in Toronto. And when William Nylander signs his new contract, all of a sudden they find a a way to get a degree better. And that's a tough realization at this point. And Nylander was a factor in tonight's hockey game. And that's going to be frustrating for teams like Carolina who thought they might have had a legitimate opportunity to pick him up. But the Hurricanes don't have a team identity in this hockey game. They only put 30 shots on goal. Miraculously, they win that category against Toronto 30 to 29 and the Hurricanes' long goal does come on the power play, but they were one for five tonight. That's one that stings a little bit, especially considering you had the double minor that went to Nylander off the high stick to DeHaan. Nothing comes of that. I mean, this is one for Carolina that is not good at all. And especially considering there was a point in time where at the beginning of the season we could harp on special teams playing poorly, especially the penalty kill. It got better. This is now five, six, seven straight games where we're having the discussion. The pucks are not going in the net. And in in tonight's case, it's not only are they not going in the net, they're not getting to the net. Freddie Anderson is a top-ten goaltender in this league, right? He is playing that well. But you've got to find a way to put more than one puck in the back of the net. I understand that you played against Jonathan Quick, world-class netminder. You can't allow him to get a shutout the way he got his shutout. And it's just an anemic offense right now for Carolina. Carolina. And I don't know what the front office has cooking right now. If there was a move in place to try to acquire a guy like William Nylander, it would have helped Carolina. But more so than consistency in the net, which I think eventually you're going to get to, more so than that, at this stage in the game, you've got to find somebody who can score the puck, who can make the individual efforts, and find a way to put the puck in the back of the net. Could be Sebastian Aho at a point or another. Michael Furland is out right now, but he's been the guy. Justin Williams has shown sparks, but he's aging. There are no pure young goal scorers. There isn't a Mitch Marner on this team. There isn't an Austin Matthews. And there are those of you who are going to start crying and going, wait, Drew, wait, what about Sebastian Aho?" Well, what about him? This has not been the simply sensational Finnish kid that shouldered the workload the past season. Hasn't been that guy. And the reason why is he doesn't really have to be at this point. He's a good hockey player. But he is not on the same level as the guys that were just mentioned and the guys that play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's not. He's not on Braden Point level at this point. Sebastian Aho is a very nice piece. But he's not just an individual player. He needs people around him to get him the puck. His skills are good but at this point we haven't seen the flashes of the excellent individual efforts that made him a sensation last season. And again, that comes with a new culture. And personally, I'm okay with it if you've got guys that are staying healthy and not having to recycle pieces in and out from your scratch from your scratches. And that's not a, a harsh critique on Aho, it's that he's a little bit undersized. He's fast, but he's not the world's best decision-maker, and he's still very youthful. And that brings me to what I really want to harp on at this point, the youthfulness of this hockey team. When you look up and down this roster with guys like Jordan Martinuk, Jordan Stahl, Justin Williams, and sure, we'll throw Dougie Hamilton in on that, There aren't a lot of guys on this team who are seasoned NHL veterans. This is a young group of guys. And that's a good thing. What we are seeing right now is symptomatic of a young hockey team. They're streaky. They are... They are one of those teams... That when you watch the way they play, the problem isn't a lack of skill. It's a lack of quality decision making. There are over-commitments on the defensive side of the puck. There are missed passes offensively. There are chances to shoot the puck that are passed up. These are all symptomatic of guys who are at a level that they haven't played at before. That's a good sign. Because that means at this point, you've got a team that is still fighting and keeping its head above water in a tightly packed metropolitan division, and these are guys flying by the seat of their pants, essentially. You've got to keep in mind that this was the same Carolina Hurricanes team, plus Michael Furland, who I think is a big part of their success, that took it to Toronto 5-2 when the Maple Leafs were in Raleigh last. This is the same Carolina Hurricanes team that... Flanagan nine points on a six game homestand in November. Same team, same guys. And here we are on that five, six game streakiness that I just talked about, where they're having some major issues putting the puck in the net. We did this at the beginning of the year with the penalty kill. Penalty kill is operating somewhere around 70%. That's a problem. Coach Brenda Moore goes, stay the course. Stayed the course, and the penalty kill gets better. Starts executing. You play with a little more freedom, good things happen. And you saw that. The good news is you've got a coach who is well prepared to make the adjustments to be able to get this team to score. But the other thing is, when we talk about a scoring hockey team, it might not get better than three goals in a game. It might not. They're young. And you have to be willing to give this group time. I think right now the Hurricanes fan base is doing that thing where you get really, really invested. And it's really easy to do this because of the college sports market that you're in. You get really, really invested in these guys. And they're great and they're awesome and they're going to do wonderful things. And you've got to take a step back and go, wait, they're still just kids. If we were having this discussion with the same roster two years from now, yes. Panic button concern on an organizational level. But guys, here's what you've got to realize. This Hurricanes team is built to make the playoffs next year and the year following, not this year. You can't expect a young Russian rookie coming in with a Czech rookie on the opening day roster combined with guys that are getting new line mates left and right who have never played with each other, you can't expect those guys to come in, gel mesh immediately, and go out and be great. doesn't work like that. just doesn't. You can't expect it to get better from here, though. And if this is the worst this team is going to do, you're in a really good spot. And the Hurricanes on an organizational level have to feel like they're in a good spot. It's just they've hit a speed bump. And if the Canes don't make the playoffs this year, that's not a bad thing. If they're competitive for playoff spots in March and April, that's going to be the benchmark for success. In my opinion, at least. Because then you're going to be able to roll that over into the next year You get to go through the draft again. You get to go through the training camp process. You get to let guys have a summer to develop. You get to make any off-season move that you want with enough cap space to be able to do that. And who knows what shakes out of the wash then? Because you've got a building block. There was no building block for this team to step on. And yet this is what they're doing. So yes, is it cause for concern that the Hurricanes are having trouble putting more than one puck in the net consistently? Yes. But is it a major concern where you're hitting the panic button and going, oh, no, oh, no, not good, not good? No, it's not. Because everybody has to judge this season with a giant dose of perspective. Last thing we'll talk about, though, and this is something that not a lot of people in the Raleigh area ever get to hear about, and that's what's going on on the farm in Charlotte and in Florida. Scott Darling went down to the AHL and did, you know, that Scott Darling thing where he, he found a way to stay relevant again, won three of the four games he played in uh, with the Charlotte Checkers, and that's not bad. Wasn't necessarily a pretty outing all the time, especially considering he had to rely on a second half of a hockey game where the team scored six goals to get a 7-4 victory the other night. But you're looking at the Charlotte Checkers right now as the leaders in the AHL. And they're doing this, and they are putting on a show in doing it. And that's fun to watch. Martin Natchez was the CCM AHL Player of the Week. I mean, there's nothing not to like about the Checkers. You've got two goaltenders down there in Alex Nedeljkovic and Callum Booth, who just got called back from Florida, splitting the duties. They look good. Jeremy Helvig came in and got a win for the Checkers. Helvig, another very young kid who's doing time with the Florida Everblades in the ECHL. He looks solid to this point. Um, Alexis Sarla has been playing very well. Clark Bishop was making noise when he was down there. I mean, there are a lot of guys on that Charlotte Checkers roster that in a year's time could be Carolina Hurricanes. And what's fun to see is is that Rod Brendamore seems to have the freedom to pick and plug these guys into the roster wherever he needs to. That's good news, because that means there are guys that are playing in Charlotte that are now getting the NHL playing experience. Which means, instead of you having 20 guys who are getting good NHL experience and other guys who are just becoming really good minor league hockey players, now you're starting to build your base, now you're having really good minor league hockey players who are getting NHL an experience and playing at this speed. Not to mention those other guys are getting experience and are stepping into the primes of their career. Good spot for Carolina. And congrats to the Charlotte Checkers for what they're doing down there in the Queen City. It really is a good time to be a hockey fan in the state of North Carolina. Uh, and If you want further proof than that, North Carolina State Wolfpack are... Right now, on a school-best 14-game winning streak, they ended this first semester of play at a perfect 14-0-0. They're good. Number three in the Southeast rankings that came out for ACHA uh, Division II hockey. They're inching pretty close to what would be an automatic bid into the regional and national tournaments. That would be a lot of fun to see those guys go far. University of North Carolina at Charlotte, the 49ers, won the ACCHL last year. Uh, it was a good good group of guys last year, too. So a lot of good things going on for hockey in Raleigh and in Charlotte, and a lot of fun to see what's on the horizon. Answer the trivia question for you tonight is this. We asked you which parent and affiliate club were the last team to win the Stanley Cup and the Calder Cup. In the same season. That was the New Jersey Devils and the Albany River Rats, 1995. The shortened season via lockout, a 48 game regular season that saw Martin Brodeur and company sweep the Detroit Red Wings in the 1995 Stanley Cup final in the Albany River Rats. Uh, who eventually would become the affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes, also won the Calder Cup that year. Just a neat little piece of trivia and amazing how things intertwine like that. We'll be back on air after the Carolina Hurricanes tangle with the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday night. Until then, this has been the Bar Southeast Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Blevins. Hope you enjoy.